don't understand, we can still trust him that he is working all things for our good. Amen. Praise God. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers today. We welcome you and thank you for being here and being a part of the house of God on this morning. Praise God. I want to, uh, you to turn with me into Proverbs chapter number 31. And uh, it's a very familiar scripture, especially on Mother's Day. But we just want to revisit it again this morning and see if the Lord won't just speak to us something uh, here on today. Amen. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 31 and uh, verse number 1, and then we'll read through 6, and then we'll drop down to verse 18 and pick up there. The Bible says, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him, that made my son and what son of the land of my womb and what son of my vows do not give your strength to a woman, nor ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Uh, give strong drink to him who is uh, perishing and wine to those who are bitter in heart. In verse 18, it says, she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the uh, this, uh, this staff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all of her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry from, for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in times to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm and deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of your hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, this woman has got it going on. This woman has got it going on. I want to just start this morning with a little story that I heard of a man that had gone to the doctor, and he was, they checked him out, and when they finished checking him out, they determined that he was very sick, and, and so they excused the man and had his wife stay in the room, and the doctor began to explain to him, her that her husband was very ill, 
and in, in, in an effort for him to live longer, there were three things that she had to do. Number one, she had to cook him three meals a day. Number two, she had to provide intimacy for him on an ongoing basis. And number three, he said, because his heart is weak, you can never talk back to him again. And so whenever the doctor explained this to her and told her that these are the three things that you have to do for your husband to get better and to live a long life, she, the doctor excused her until she went out into the waiting room and said, well, what did he say? And she responded, he said, you're going to die. Amen. That has nothing to do with my message today. But I just wanted to tell it. I'm thankful today for Proverbs chapter 31 because when you study Proverbs 31, the first thing that you notice is that it's not written by a man. It is written or it's the words of King Lemuel's mother. There are some things that only a woman can instruct you on. Amen. You need someone in your life that can tell you just how it is and, and that wife can tell you. Amen. If you don't have anyone challenging you, you will never grow beyond where you presently are. Amen. And so if you don't have anybody pushing you, challenging you, then you will remain where you are the rest of your life. But I'm glad today that he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, Jupiter and Mars... But I'm so happy today that he's still taking time to work on me. Is anybody else thankful for that today? Amen. You see, when we look at this woman today here in the scripture, we see that this is not a man lecturing a woman. This is God speaking through a woman. Amen. This chapter is not meant for men to beat their wife into submission. Amen. You have to be careful what you tell a woman because... Uh, when you tell a woman something, they will tell you what you said later. A woman is created to incubate words. Amen. And when you have forgotten all about what you said a few months or even years ago, they have the ability to remind you of what you said. Amen. When God gives you a wife, that is uh, something that is precious and when God trusts you with one of his daughters, you have to go to him before you go at her because he begins to take it seriously. Your relationship with God must be stronger than your relationship with her. For those who are not married yet, I just want to give you some few words of advice today and simply tell you that don't make your choices based upon looks. Uh, the woman, you don't need to pick him because he has wavy hair and, and bright blue eyes. Because uh, not very long down the road, he's going to have a hairdo like mine. Men, you don't pick them out because they have are based upon how they look or their size because it will change. Amen. Good looks is a bonus, but good looks can't heal you. Being rich can't save you. You need somebody that's running with God. You need somebody who can get a hold of God in times of need and pray over you. 
Amen. I need somebody as a spouse or a companion. Thank God that they're beautiful. Thank God for all of the attributes. But more than anything, I need somebody to agree with me in times of prayer that God will move on my behalf. Can you say amen? Amen. You see, we have taken in this society, in this generation, we would rather have placed more importance upon a person having finances or a person having education, and all of that is well and good. But our first priority ought to be that when we're looking for that spouse, when we're praying for our children, that we say, God, bring them somebody that's got a heart after you. Amen. And when they get that one person that has a heart after God, then they are somebody that is precious to them. And everything else in life, how difficult it may be, their journey will be successful because they have a prayer partner to agree together with. Amen. You can't expect to have a virtuous woman unless you're a king yourself. I've heard it said that you attract what you are. Granddad used to say, birds of a feather, they flock together. Amen. If everyone in your life is crazy, amen, if everyone that you have around you has a bad attitude, then maybe you need to check your own attitude. Amen. You can't get a queen until you become a king. And you can't make a, a, a monument out of manure. Come on. Amen. But when, when we look at this, we see that men and women get married with different thought patterns. Whenever a man gets married, he is thinking, thank you, God, I finally found the woman. And I ask you that you would never let her change, freeze her in this moment and continue to make her just the way that she is. This is the woman I always wanted to be my wife. Right? But the woman is thinking, I've got something to start with. And God, if you would just help me to change him just a little bit, if you would help me to adjust some things in his life, then he'll be exactly what I need him to be. Amen. But you were, uh, when you look at it, you see that you were dressed good enough to be able to catch her eye and fall in love with you. But now that you have a ring on your finger, they look at you and say, are you going to go out in that? Amen. But you see, <laughs> I know you husbands are afraid to even laugh this morning. I can see it. But my wife ain't here, glory to God. And so, but I've got good news for you today. If you didn't make them, you can't change them. Amen. You see, if, if, if he is a slob before you got married, you better get ready to start picking up some stuff. Amen. Uh, and her, man, if, if, if you went to her apartment and she's got pizza boxes laying all over her apartment, guess what? She ain't going to turn into Betty Crocker. You should have married you a chef. Amen. That, that wedding ring does not change people. It does not do nothing. The pawn shop is full of wedding rings. It's full of broken promises. Why? Because people had unreasonable uh, un, uh, expectations for other people. Amen. Number two, I want you to see that this chapter is a prophecy. It's not a list of things that should be expected out of someone else. God made woman to complete man, which means that there's something wrong with man and not with woman. 
I thought I'd at least get an amen from a woman. The woman brought, uh, was brought into our life to make our life better. Amen. Ladies, if you, your man don't need you at all, then you might be with the wrong one. Amen. Now you say, well, did you hear that? Yeah, we're going to, you know. No, if you got it, you got it. You're going to just have to work it out. Amen. Praise God. But you see, you need a man who can live, can't live without you. You need to know that, that there, and ladies, it, it is a, a honor for them to look at you and say, where's my glasses? Where's my shoes? Where's my clothes? Where's my keys? The man needs a good woman. Amen. And so where uh, you, you, you were designed to be the help meet. You were designed to be the one that would be the helper to the man. And perhaps instead of looking at this being a test for a woman, perhaps we need to look at this story or this chapter 31 through a prophecy of the church, the bride of Christ. In Revelation 21 and verse 9, it said, Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talking with me, saying, Come and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. If we look at this chapter through the lens of prophecy of the church instead of a measuring stick for a woman, this is a picture of what the church is to become. Dr. E.V. Hill said, uh, preached a message entitled, Churches That Don't Matter. He said that there are some churches that matter and there are other churches that if they were to close up shop today, that would not make any impact or any difference in their community, in their city, in their region. If the church shut down, would anybody miss it? Would the community stop? Uh, would the community know that it was no longer going on? Would anyone's life be affected by the church no longer being there? But you see, I want you to know today that we need to be a church that uh, has a, a reason for being. We need to be a church, amen, that matters. We must be a church, praise God, that is the church. The church is not a hotel where you come in comfort in all the nice things. Things. The church is a hospital, and a hospital gets messy every once in a while. It has hurting, bleeding, and broken people in it, and because of that, it isn't the best kept place, but it is a place where you can find help and hope and strength in the midst of difficult times. When the church is, uh, fulfills its mandate that God has upon it, when the church speaks like the church, walks like the church, talks like the church, the world will know that we are the the bride, the prayer all of great price, and we will be able to be uh, something that the community will know that we cannot do without the church. Praise God. Amen. The world knows that the bride, the pearl of great price, the virtue is the church. When you look at this chapter overlaid with this uh, perception or concept that this might be a prophecy of God's church that is to come, amen, and that it really does matter. Church isn't just about shouting and dancing and bucking and, and shouting and shucking and jiving. It's, it, that's all good. But when we get, down, get done celebrating, if we don't have an impact upon our world, 
if we, when we get done celebrating and shouting and rejoicing, if we don't bring healing to our hurting people, if we don't bring hope to a hopeless generation, if we're not experiencing God, if we're not equipping believers, if we're not engaging our culture, if, I don't want to be a part of a church that doesn't matter, but I want to be a part of a church that impacts this generation, that makes a change and people will know that you can come to this place and their lives can be changed for his glory and his honor. Can you give him praise here this morning? Verse 8 said, open your mouth for the speechless in case of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and the needy who can find a virtuous wife. For her worth is far above rubies. Amen. Open your mouth. He tells us twice here. Open your mouth. How many know in this generation and where we're living in our society that it's time for the church to open their mouth? Amen. Whenever the highest authority of our nation stands up and says that, that it's all right for a man and a man and a woman and a woman to live together. It's time for the church to open its mouth. Amen. When we are, we're killing hundreds of thousands of babies, even millions of babies every year in our nation, it's time for the church to open its mouth. Whenever we are dealing with the, the bondages and the strongholds that this generation is dealing with, whenever we are having perversion at the age of 12 and 13 years old that are in uh, sexual things and bound by addictions and drugs, it's time for the church to open its mouth. Amen. We've got to open our mouth today and declare in this world, amen, that we are not going to stand idle. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that whenever a a woman and it's not a daughter he says and it's not about gender it's speaking to us about a principle he says when a daughter says such and such a thing in his father's house and he remains silent then it becomes okay but whenever he uh, she opens her mouth and says such and such and he says no not so in this house he reverses the curse and he speaks truth in that house and so it is not so there I want to tell you today as long as the church remains silent. It will be so. But whenever we, the bride of Christ, begin to speak up and open our mouth, we can declare. You say, well, pastor, we can't make a difference. That's what has caused us to get to where we are. Do you realize that if the body of Christ would rise up as one voice and put our differences aside and say, God, we're just going to proclaim your goodness. We're going to proclaim not a theology, but we're going to proclaim that Jesus Christ and your principles and we're going to impose them upon this earth. Do you know that we've got the strongest voting voice in this land today? But I want to tell you, we've got to open our mouth. Open our mouth for the speechless. Who are the speechless? The babies that are unborn. Open your mouth. Amen. Judge righteously. What? For those who are in political power that are unrighteous. Amen. And then he goes on and he says, for your worth is far above rubies. Some studies declare to us that this word rubies here is a, a bad translation. It should be translated pearls. 
Jesus left his father's house because he had found the pearl of great price. Amen. Jesus couldn't start ministry until he was 30 years old. 30 was the age that you had to be before you could get married. Amen. He had to be 30 to take a bride. Who is the bride? It is the church. Who did he die for? It is the church. Who's coming? Who's he coming back for? He's coming back for the church. Amen. Who did he leave on this earth to be an extension of him in the earth? It is the church. We're not here climbing to climb up the rough side of the mountain and hold on till Jesus comes. We're here to be the salt and the light of the earth. We're here to be a help to the hurting world. We're here to change our generation. We're here to be a, a crying out as one in the wilderness saying this is the way walk in it praise God we're not here to be crying and moaning and being a victim forever but we're here to change our world amen verse 16 he said consider the field and buy it for her prophet shout she plants in a vineyard she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. And her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hand to the distaff. And her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Amen. You see, she, we being the church, we're to reach out to those that are needy. We're to reach out to those who are hurting. We're to be an extension to those who are poor and reach our hand out to those who are in need. Amen. And so he says, this is a picture of the church. This is what I want in the earth in the last day. This is what I want my bride to look like. Amen. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. Amen. He said everyone is covered with the blood of Jesus. We want the church to be made famous by God. Amen. We want the church, amen, to be a church where the people don't talk about the church, but they talk about the God of the church. We want the church that when government systems fail, that you still have a church, amen, that is able to minister to the needs of hurting and broken people. Amen. We want a church that is filled with counsel and wisdom. A church that is not just having services, but being a service to a broken and a hurting world. Verse 25 says, strength and honor are, are her clothing. She shall rejoice in times to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. Amen. So we want... God says, I want in the earth a bride that has wisdom and counsel. He goes on to say that I want a bride that her tongue is the law of kindness. The law of kindness. Did you know that you can disagree and don't have to be hateful about it? The law of kindness. Maturity is in knowing what you don't know. Maturity is knowing how much you don't know. 
The old saints used to pray, and I didn't understand it. All they would say is, have mercy, Jesus, have mercy. And I thought maybe they didn't know what else to say. But I came to an understanding of it a little better, that it really means that I don't, don't, uh, I'm doing my best, but God, I'm leaning on your grace and your mercy. And I need you to have mercy upon me. I need you to help me, praise God. And how many know that in this journey today, we still need his mercy and his grace. We still need to lean upon mercy. We still need to lean upon his grace. And we need to come to an understanding that we don't know it all. Amen. We don't have it all together. But thank God, God has it together. And he does know it all. And whenever we'll lean in on him, praise God, he will strengthen us with his mercy and his grace. Verse 27 said, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Amen. God hasn't blessed us so we can sit around until Jesus comes. What good is it to be blessed if we, the blessing stops with us? What good is it if, if all we have is just the blessing? I believe God blesses us so we can be a blessing. I believe that God blesses us so that we can reveal his goodness and his glory. Not just on Sunday, but every day that we live. Amen. He, he goes on and he tells us that it's not just about uh, uh, a Sunday, but he said every day we're to show this kindness. God wants us to understand today that it's our responsibility not to just come to church on Sunday, but we're to reveal his kindness and his goodness everywhere we go. Don't just be idle. Don't just come to church on Sunday and then the rest of the week just lay around waiting for Sunday to come. No, but we are not idle. We're working. We're reaching. We're touching. We're helping people. We're ministering to people. We're revealing the love of Jesus Christ in the earth. Why? Because he says, occupy till I come. In other words, don't just go through the motions, but be about the Father's business. Do something to make an change and an impact in somebody's life. Help somebody today. Empower somebody today. Don't just be idle because when you're idle, you begin to think things you shouldn't think. You begin to do things you shouldn't do. So you've got to keep your hand to the plow and don't look back. Amen. So we've been blessed to be a blessing. Verse 28 said her children rise up and call her blessed and her husband also and he praises her. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That's the reason we have a children's ministry. That's the reason we have a student's ministry. Amen. It's because I want our children to rise up and call the house of God blessed. Amen. You see... I want my son saved. I want my daughter saved. I want your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren and your children's children. I want them to be impacted by the house of God. Because you see, in this generation that we live, there is a lack of respect for the house of God. And, and it's no longer that we honor and revere and respect the house of the Lord. But somewhere in this generation, we've got to turn it around until we know that the church really is important. Amen. 
I know that people are busy, but listen to me. The church is more important than the ball. The church is more important than the things that we get caught up in. Come on. Amen. And we've got to turn it around until we tell this generation that the church isn't just something you take or you leave. The church isn't just something that you do if you got time for. But the church really is important in my life because it is the gateway of heaven. And everything that comes into the earth comes through the church. And so therefore, I need to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. The Bible says in verse 29, my daughters have done well, but you excel them all. My daughters have done well, but you have excelled them all. It speaks to me about an excellence in ministry. God says, I want you to excel every other thing in the earth. I want you to excel above the music industry. I want you to excel above the corporate world. I want you to excel above the bank world. I want you to excel above the sport world. Everything and every system of the world. But he said, I want you, daughter, you church. I want you to excel above every one of them. And so we have to take that spirit of excellence And we need to apply it to every area of ministry so that when the world looks at us, they see that we do it with a spirit of excellence and we give God our very best. How many know God is worthy of our very best? It isn't just a leftover. It isn't just a ship shot. It isn't just a, well, let's just get it together. No, God deserves our very best. And he says, daughters, my daughters have done well, but he said, you've excelled above them all. And God wants this last day church to excel above all other in the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good today? Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. This woman's got it going on. This is a picture of the church. Fulfilling its purpose in this last day generation. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of a church that really does matter. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the privilege today to be a part of a church that matters. Thank you today for allowing us to be a part, God, that in this last day you're you're moving and you're ministering and you're doing it through your church. And I just pray, God, over each and every one here today, Father, in this generation, in this society in which it is very difficult in which to train up children, I pray for every mother, God, that has just given their heart and life to you and said, use me. I pray for every grandmother. I pray for each and every one, God, that is imparting truth and wisdom into another generation. And I ask you today, God, that you would move in upon their lives and minister to them today for your glory and for your honor. Let their lives be changed today. Empower them today. 
God, to, to not grow weary and not give in to the, to, to the times that we are living in. But God, that they'll stay, remain faithful to your word and to your promise over their lives and impart it into another generation. Now, Father, I pray that you would help us as a church as we look at this from a, a prophetic uh, example. God, that you would help us to be everything that you have called us to be. Everything that you said that we are to be. Speak over us today. Declare over us today through your wisdom and through your grace what you desire for us to be. And God, we thank you and praise you. We ask you, God, to help us to be hope to the hopeless, that we be healing to the hurting. And God, that your anointing and your presence will minister to us today for your glory and for your honor, that we can minister to others. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Does anybody need special prayer today? Need a touch of God? You come expecting God to minister to you today. Anyone at all? Amen. All right.